Welcome to this podcast from Riverside Church Whitstable. We hope you find it helpful and encouraging. If you would like to find out more information about us, why not check out our website at riversideuk.org, our Facebook page, or follow us on Twitter at Whit Riverside. And thank you so much for having me. Um, I've, been felt, I've been welcomed so well by this community, and it's a real honour to be able to come and share with you this morning. Um, we are continuing our Everyday Spirituality series that we've been doing the last, I think it's nine weeks now. So we're just going to go through with this. The last few six weeks, we've been doing all about complexity and perplexity. So we've been talking about when life gets complicated and things don't feel quite so simple in our faith anymore. And we've been talking about what life, what happens in life when we feel overwhelmed with how difficult things can be and how difficult it can be to connect with God in those moments. Um, In my experience, when we're in seasons of complexity and perplexity, we can feel this longing to return to something that feels more simple, to return to a way of connecting with God that feels easier. Sometimes when we're at the beginning of our faith, it seems very simple and we kind of want to go back to where things felt easier to connect with God. And in the complicated elements of life and in the troubles of life, it can feel quite difficult sometimes to connect with God and we can miss that kind of early experience And there can be a tendency as well that maybe sometimes we want to just kind of distance ourselves from all the questions and silence all the doubts and just put all our feelings in a box, which I, in the past, I've been very good at doing, um, so that life just becomes simple. Um, Because in our hearts, what we want is we want to connect with God and we want to feel the peace that we used to feel or we want to feel the joy we used to feel. And it can be really hard when we're not in that place again um, to find that deep spiritual connection that is often so important to us. Um, And so what we're looking at today is a spiritual practice called Behold. Um, And this moves us into a different season, the fourth one, which is to do more with harmony. And beholding God in this context is a practice that helps us develop a spiritual connection with God in the midst of the complexities of life. It's not about going back to when life was simple, but it's being honest with the questions we have, the doubts we have, the feelings we have that seem to maybe angry or grief or whatever it we are, wherever we're at, that the ability to connect with God in, in harmony with those things, in the truth of all of those things. Um, through the difficult seasons of life, we can sometimes feel like we've lost something. We've lost what used to be wonderful about our faith. We can sometimes feel like um, our spirituality has lessened. But I hope that this morning we can look at some of the ways that in those moments, we're sometimes blessed because God can give this promise that he spoke to his disciples, which is when you're poor in spirit, you're blessed, and that God can meet us in those moments. And the things that we can see as negative can actually position us to be able to encounter God more deeply. So the doubts and the questions that we carry, they can actually help strip away some of the distortions on God, some of the misconceptions we have about God to help us see him more clearly Um, And the honest emotions and the raw and vulnerable emotions we feel can actually position us in a point where we take away our own masks and encounter God more honestly and truthfully. And that both of these things together can actually help us to behold God in a way that feels unveiled, where you actually feel closer because some of the things that separated you before have been stripped away, Um, which isn't always an easy process, but it can result in quite a deep connection, which is what we're going to explore today. 
Um, Paul wrote to the Corinthians this verse, and he talks about beholding God with unveiled faces. And different versions talk about contemplating God, beholding God, reflecting his image, and that the ability that because of what Jesus has done for us, all those veils that separate us from him can be stripped away. And we can know God. Jesus came to make God known. And he did that not by creating a ladder that we have to climb to get to him, but by coming down into the midst of our experiences and our circumstances to meet with us. In Jesus, any veils can be torn away so that we can behold God. Whatever we feel like might be separating us, through Jesus we can meet God where we are. And I think this is something that I have found difficult in my life where I've sometimes thought that I have to wait for the end of the questions. I have to wait till all the questions are answered, all my doubts are satisfied, all my emotions are settled and processed before I can then meet with God again. I don't know if that's relatable to anyone. But the reality of it is that we can behold God in the midst of whatever whatever situations we're in, wherever we're at. We can still have these moments of connection of beholding God. For me, the the seasons of perplexity and complexity began with the chronic illness um, that God didn't heal and the isolation of that and the struggle of that, of being confined to my bed for most of my 20s, meant that I experienced a lot of pain and disappointment in that. Um, With so much of my life having been stripped away, the illness affected my mental energy, it affected my ability to do things my ability to even serve God the way that I had been taught. So with all the questions and the struggles, the, the tools of religion that were, used, were usually done, I couldn't do. And so it forced me to try and learn a new way of trying to connect with God that wasn't dependent of, on those things. And in the midst of all the unmet needs that I felt of being so isolated and not being able to work and not being able to connect to community... I found myself focusing on the the things that are the deeper needs, the ones that desire deep down, that is to know God, and that above everything else, all the other things that are completely valid and important, deeper than that is the desire to know God and, and to be connected to him. And I went through this process where, although those all the questions and everything were still there, deeper than that was this desire to connect with God and to not let all my questions and all my doubts become in the way of who I wanted and how I wanted to connect with God Um, and I when I first left university because of the illness um, of being full of sort of unrealized hopes and promises and thoughts most of my prayers and interactions with God were about what I wanted and what I wanted God to do for me which again is completely fair and valid but the fact that my relationship with God then started to become transactional, where it was always my agenda of what I wanted and what I needed. And I, lo- I started to lose the element of relationship with God that was just coming to God to be with him for the sake of being with him. And when I was lying in bed and unable to do anything, I felt like I had nothing to trade. I, in the transactional relationship, you give God something and he gives you something in return. And that didn't work and it couldn't work. But in that, I found the thing that God wanted was my heart of desire for him, my desire to know him and be closer to him. And that was enough. And that was all he wanted from me in those moments. And so I started to give space to that. The the questions and the doubts all were still there and the prayers and the petitions, all these spiritual practices we've learned so far, all still carried on. But within that, there were moments that were just about meeting God for the sake of meeting with God 
that just creating space to connect and behold who he was in that moment without an agenda, but just to see him for the glory of who he was. And those moments became a lifeline for me, like an anchoring point in the confusion and the sort of untethered disorientation you can feel when life feels like it's turned upside down and actually helped me develop um, something that helped to sustain me. And those moments also became, instead of pushing all my questions and doubts and things to the side, it actually became the point from which I could then explore those with God rather than against God, if that makes sense, where those points of just spending time with him in small moments or long moments actually gave me a foundation of relationships so that together we could face the questions and together I could process the emotions, which, you know, it's a long process and life didn't change straight away, but it came something over time that was really valuable to me. Um, And so the practice of beholding is something that I think can be valuable to us whatever season of life we're in. Um, And I'm aware that sometimes it can be presented as something that is very mystical and the concept of, well, how do you behold God if you can't see God? And sometimes it's things that, for me, it makes me think of mystics that are locked away for hours on end and they don't eat and drink and they have these amazing visions of who God is. But this is a series about everyday spirituality. So we're going to be looking at what it looks like to behold God in our everyday lives. So I wanted to look at a few practical things of just how that can work in normal life. And in different seasons, things can look different. For me, when I was really ill, that looked like lying in bed with music or in silence and staring at my ceiling for a couple of hours. But now life is busier and I'm feeling better or somewhat better I have to find new ways to connect with God in the busyness of life. And creating space is something that can be challenging and, again, looks different for everybody. Um, In my experience, I find it helpful to anchor my time with God of these moments into my daily routine. So something that I'm already doing every day, I then create space within that to encounter God. So with my morning coffee or as I walk the dog or as I have breakfast in the morning or part of my nighttime routine, different points in the day. Some people, it's their commute or their morning shower. You know, it doesn't, it can just be a small place, but it can actually, every day, little moments can make a difference in just feeling connected with God through the day. One thing I've done recently is having an app on my phone where, I don't know if you're the same, where you've, at any moment of boredom or distraction or where you just want to switch off and you go to your phone and you have your social media and your news, having little apps on there that are either for journaling or Um, moments of reflection, Bible verses, things like that, where it's just a slight sidestep. So I can just create little bits of space in my day. Um, Other people, it's places, a place to sit in a chair that you sit out and look out the window, a bench in the park, a specific view, um, the car on your commute to work. Um, Other people sitting is a terrible idea. And whenever they try and sit and worship God, their mind is really busy and they feel like a failure at the end. I don't know if anyone can relate to that. Um, and so walking is better or, or doing something whilst you connect with God. There's um, a famous monk called Brother Lawrence whose whole job in his monastery was the cook kitchen and he was famous for, he called it Practicing the Presence. There's a book that people still find inspiration from now that, and, and his moment of beholding God was whilst he was peeling potatoes. That was his thing, is that he would peel the potatoes and he would focus on the presence of God with him in those moments. Um, so creating space is your first part of as we try and make space for God and the second is trying to shift our focus onto God 
for so many of us, I think that could be really hard. Life can be really, really noisy. Um, there was a woman called Susanna Wesley, who was the mother of John and Charles Wesley and had 10 children in her house, which I'm sure any parent can understand trying to get some sort of space. Quiet time with God is very challenging if you have a busy household. And the way that she did it was she'd sit and put her apron over her head and that would be her time, her quiet time. That's how she shut out the noise of a busy household. And that was her moment of connecting with God and all the kids knew that when mum's got her open overhead, you leave her be until she takes it off again. Um, and other things for us, it's just putting our phone on silent or in a different room. Um, there was one woman that used to do the hoovering and I think it's because it drowned out the noise of the children. And that was when she prayed in tongues and had her moment with God. Um, but sometimes the noise isn't outside us, it's inside our minds, and our minds are the things that are really busy and noisy, and we need something to help us quiet our minds before we can focus on God. And so things like writing your thoughts down before to then kind of get them out of your head, or meditation works for some people, sometimes having some sort of prayer where you can give it to God, or even imagine laying your worries and to-do lists down before God can be useful in that process. So then we can come to a point where we can actually shift our focus onto God to, to focus on connecting our spirit through to him with worship music or scripture or prayer so that we can bring our attention in the middle of the day just for a small moment to connect with who God is. And then we're in a position where we can wait on God in those moments. And um, a book by a guy called Strong Coleman about beholding talks about this concept of slow reverence seeing, where you kind of slow down on the inside and you just wait and listen to see what God wants me to show you. It's more of a reflective moment where you just get to be with God. And God may or may not speak to you. He might give you thoughts that you can follow or inspiration in those moments. But it might just be the moment of just being with God. And I think sometimes we can find the silence scary when we're just sitting with God, that when God doesn't say anything or we don't feel anything from him, that can be an unnerving moment. But in those moments, sometimes I like to think of them as a companionable silence. So when you're with the people that you know the best, when you're just sitting, being together, enjoying one another company, sometimes that's exactly what you need. That especially if you're in a time when your head's busy, when life's stressful or you're intense grieving, sometimes what you need is not words, but just the stillness of being with someone who loves you. And those moments can be dismissed as less important, but I think sometimes over time they can be really valuable ways of connecting with God through difficult times. Um, God has taught me a lot about the ways that we beholding can really impact not just me, but the way that God doesn't just want us to behold him, but the way that he wants to behold us in return. Um, And this is a strange concept I think and something that I found difficult over the years because sometimes there are areas of our lives where we feel ashamed of or afraid to bring to God or things that we think should be kept separate from God in order to connect with him but feelings like shame fear and guilt they're powerful forces but they're not forces of the Holy Spirit the Holy Spirit uses conviction and repentance and discipleship and all of those things draw us closer to God they're God drawing closer to us not things that keep us away or make us hide those things are not from God and in these moments of beholding having the opportunity to come not just in where you are in the situation you are but as you are as as fully as you are can be really powerful 
um, but also scary sometimes, which is the honesty of it. Psalm 139 is something that I found really helpful in, in this practice. And it begins with David's prayer, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. And it talks about how God can perceive our thoughts and movements from afar, how he can watch over our lives, but also how God wants to draw close, where he can be behind us and before us, where he wants to lay his hand upon us, when, whether we're encountering him in these high heavenly experiences or whether we feel like we're in our lowest, darkest moments, or if we feel like we've run as far away from him as possible. Wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves, God still wants to draw close to us. And there's this, the third verse of this psalm is what I want to take a few moments to look at now. And I believe it gives us insight into the reason that God wants to meet us in these places and why we don't always have to be afraid of that. So it says, You formed my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvellous are your works, and I know this full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All my days were written in your book and ordained for me before one of them came to be. God knows how he made us. He knows the unique workings of our brains. He understands our emotions and our triggers and our history. He knows what our scars are that we're carrying and the regrets that we feel. And no matter what our circumstances, our thoughts or our choices, he knows who we really are and he sees us as we really are. And he sees that as wonderful and marvellous. And when God beholds you, he sees the wonder of you. Even when you're showing him the elements that you feel shame for or the things that you regret or the character flaws, God loves you in that. And he doesn't love you despite of those things. He loves you inclusive of those things. He doesn't draw back from the thoughts and decisions we want to forget about, but he draws near. He wants to draw near to offer healing and freedom and the way to fullness of life. I've been learning a lot about this in the last couple of years um, and learning to allow God to behold me in the different areas of my life and different parts of myself with my illness, with the different weaknesses of my character, my mistakes, the things I feel like have been failures. Um, but one of the most significant area for me in learning to allow God to behold it has been my sexuality. Um, the process of coming out to God has meant inviting God to behold a part of me that I wanted to keep hidden, that I didn't know fully understand even until my 20s, and then tried to forget because I didn't want anything to get in the way of me and God, didn't want anything to damage that precious relationship for me, um, didn't want to risk any anger or displeasure. And it took courage for me to be able to bring that part of my life to God and allow and invite him to behold me in that way. And the, the magic and the wonder of that moment was not just in bringing that to him and the freedom of feeling seen, but in then, as God was looking at me, then for me to behold him in that moment and the way that he was looking at me was very powerful because in, in the way of beholding him in those moments, is he wasn't angry and there wasn't judgment and there wasn't the, the painful choices that I expected but it was love and it was welcome and it was joy and the, 
the welcoming home of that part of myself to him and back into relationship with him. And over time, instead of the, the painful choices I'd expected, I found plans and promises that he had for me that I could never have expected and him making a way where there seemed to be no way. And this practice of beholding, it means come to God where you are, but also as you are, and allowing God to behold you as you are, which can feel very scary because I think a lot of us carry different parts of ourselves that we feel like we want to hide from each other, from God, from ourselves. And they're things that may just be that they just don't fit in what we are expect of ourselves. Or it might be part of our history that we regret or part of our character that we feel ashamed of. But all of those parts, when we bring them to God and behold him as he beholds us, we see a God who sees the wonder of us and the beauty of who he made us to be. And those moments of beholding can be incredibly powerful in building connection. And so that's what I want to give a bit of space for this morning is partly to think about ways that we can create space in our everyday, but also the challenge of what it means to come and behold God without an agenda and bringing the honesty of wherever we're at and whoever we feel like we are or shouldn't be in those moments and take some time just to sit with God and enjoy being with him and to allow him to behold us as we behold him. So we're going to have some music um, as we finish up and just create some space uh, to do that. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to contact us about this talk, to hear more or to find out about Riverside Church Whitstable, then visit our website at riversideuk.org. Also, you can contact us through our Facebook page or tweet us at Whit Riverside.